0: Hey, what's everyone? Sam Shaw here, founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I'm here with another client interview for you guys today. Um, Today, I'm excited to have Jason on with us. Uh, Jason just finished going through the full-time recruiting process for um, an offer that starts in the summer of 2022, because that's when he's graduating. So, uh, you know, I know we've had a lot of um, client interviews with people that have gone through the summer internship recruiting process, but uh we haven't had that many to be honest for full-time so i'm really excited to have jason on today to talk to you guys about his experience and you know how that went for him and you know i always tell people um full-time recruiting is a lot harder than summer recruiting just because there are a lot fewer jobs right most of the jobs have been given to summer interns but uh hopefully you know jason will be able to share some stuff with you guys that you'll be able to use um in your recruiting process as well so jason thank you for taking the time to talk to us today yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, to kick things off, if you don't mind, maybe just giving people giving people a quick introduction of who you are and like, you know, what's your story, what's your background, like, why why are we here? Yeah, absolutely. I come from
1: a target school. Well, semi-target. It's an Ivy League, and really, I got laid into the recruiting game. I didn't know I wanted to do investment banking until the summer of my junior year in school. And so once I figured out I wanted to do investment banking, I joined the organizations out there for diversity candidates. I tried the recruiting guides and everything I could to make it happen. And at the end of the day, it was a tough process for me. I wasn't able to land anything throughout the summer until September with a middle market bank. and. After landing at spot I knew I wanted to be in a better more prestigious firm for full time and that's when I reached out to Wall Street Mastermind mm-hmm. to see whether that could that could happen for me.
0: Sorry so you realized you wanted to do banking the summer after sophomore year or junior year? Sophomore year, right?
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Sorry. Sorry. The, the summer, the summer of sophomore year, right before. Yeah. Starting my junior year.
0: Got it. Okay. That makes more sense. So I was like, otherwise, if you realize summer of junior year, that would be way too late, <laughs> but okay. So you realized that summer after sophomore year, which I guess at that point, a lot of the both bracket and uh, like a lot of both bracket and not a lot like, I mean, at least some of them have already finished recruiting, right? Both bracket and elite boutiques. Like, did you have a chance to interview or apply to some of the bigger banks back then? Or was it just like, hey, by the time you realized it was time to recruit, it was all middle market banks lost?
1: Yeah, I did get some ad bats at those bigger banks, at least in the higher views for the top three bulge brackets. And I went through a super day for PJT because of the diversity profile. But most of my processes were for middle market banks, like PJ Solomon, Cowan, Wells Fargo, things like that.
0: All right, PJ Solomon, Cowan, Wells Fargo. Okay, yeah, so those are definitely uh, middle market banks. So I guess for your junior summer internship recruiting, like, how many firms did you end up interviewing with, would you say? Ballpark.
1: And it was... Quite a bit. It was, like, I would say, like, around 10, 11.
0: Okay. Um, and out of those 10, and 11 banks, like, how many offers did you end up getting?
1: Just one after, you know, a long time interviewing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, clearly, the good thing is you were still able to get an offer at least, but it sounds like it just, it just wasn't – at the caliber of the type of bank that you wanted or like you want to completely satisfied, essentially.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like even at some other middle market banks, like the interviews, like, I just couldn't close them.
0: Mm, got it. Like out of the 10 and 11 banks was PJT and this other one that you ultimately got an offer from, were those the only two you made it to super day for, or did you like, how many first rounds were you able to get past?
1: So I was actually good at converting at converting from first round to Super Day. Yeah. But just in the Super Day, I think the fit part of those, of those interviews is where it got me. Hmm. Uh, because, like, the technicals, like, it got my foot in the door. But just, like, the behaviorals and establishing that connection with the interviews
0: wasn't just happening for me. Got it. Okay. So that was the main thing you were struggling with. You ended up at a middle market bank for the summer. Then you came to, I believe you came to Wall Street Mastermind in like November of junior year. So like like the beginning of junior year, right? So talk to us about that decision because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are probably asking like, well, Jason, you at least got into a middle market, we'll say like a top 50 bank on your own. So why would you feel the need to join something like Wall Street Mashman, like even if you want to recruit for full-time, why don't you just kind of do that again and just try on your own and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. save money, for example.
1: Yeah. Look, for me, it really came down to the support with that behavioral part of the interviews Mm -hmm. because I knew I needed a coach that had an experience interviewing hundreds of candidates and that could tell a good answer from a cookie-cutter one. And to me, that that value proposition of Wall Street Mastermind of going through your behavioral answers one by one and telling you what to change, what story to use, was very appealing as I knew that would be what would determine whether I could lateral from that middle market bank this summer to a, to a more prestigious one.
0: Got it. Okay. So that was the biggest thing for you is that you wanted – that I guess that re- the way we help our clients out with the behaviors is very hands-on, very unique. Like I haven't seen anyone else do that in the industry, right? Where they actually, like, we actually sit down and dissect every single answer that you draft out and uh, give you detailed feedback line by line on what to change. Like that. That's that was what you felt like you needed at the time, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I. Prior to starting with Wall Street Mastermind, I went through some behavioral prep through mock interviews, but I just think that the feedback you can get in a one-hour call doesn't compare to the feedback you can get at Wall Street Mastermind that it's so specialized. It's it's someone that's invested in your success.
0: Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting because it sounds like you actually weren't that worried about your technical preparation. You were more worried about your behavioral preparation where most of the students that we see a lot of times, they're more worried about their technical preparation and they're not that worried about their behavioral preparation. Like, why was it that you, why was it that the behavioral side of things concerned you so much more? Was it just based on your experience going through summer internship recruiting and you knew that that was your kind of weak spot because like most i gotta be honest like most people when they think about the behavioral interview a lot of times people tend to think like oh that's not a big deal like i know how to answer those questions you're like my answers are fine right because like i'm sure you had your answers like what made you think that whatever answers you already had were not sufficient or were not good enough Mm -hmm. okay i
1: think i understood from early in recruiting that the technicals, they get your foot in the door, but what ultimately decides whether you get an offer is how well you can connect with people. And as, since I started so late in the process, I couldn't network that much with people at the firm. So I just knew I wasn't making those connections with them. And, you know, this came after the a realization of going through so many processes and interviews. that like, something must be wrong. And after looking back, I just made that connection with the part that, look, I'm not standing out enough as a candidate. I need better behavioral answers. And
0: it just came upon me that it it was something I just needed to change. So in other words, having gone through so many interviews, you knew, it, it sounded like you knew you weren't really messing up on the technical portion of the interview. Like you were able to answer those questions. And so even just by process of elimination, if it's not the technicals, then it must be the behaviorals. Is that kind of how you kind of came to that conclusion?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also the, the fact that I, I didn't have many connections at a firm in terms of networking. And yeah. so that's something that I knew I needed to do because like I, I saw it in different forums and, and uh, with friends that the importance of networking, not only to get the interview, but once you're in the process.
0: Yeah. So I guess then you decided to join Wall Street Mastermind. Um, what did you do once you joined Wall Street Mastermind that, um, that you found to be, I guess, the most helpful for your full-time recruiting process? Like, I mean, obviously you talked about the behaviorals. That's one, one part of it. Like, was there anything else that you felt like was really beneficial or maybe um, not something you could have done on your own? You know, like, because people always ask, like, well, what's what's the difference between doing it with Wall Street Mastermind versus just doing it on my own? Like, what would you say to that?
1: Mm -hmm. Look, I see, like, on top of the behavior, like, of having your answers and having a coach that goes through them and gives you several revisions on that, the resume portion of it. Like, Wall Street Mastermind, I guess, taught me the – Networking portion, like not only how to get in a conversation with someone, but what to say in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And also I found a lot of value in the community, the Slack channel, you know, interacting with other people going through the process and seeing their questions and how, and, and, and how like their process is going for them. I think that being active on that. On that channel like really helped me solidify my my technical knowledge and also like how i thought about recruiting and going about the whole process
0: got it um yeah that that's that's really um that's a great point um i mean in terms of networking especially i mean let's talk about that for a second because for full-time recruiting like for those because a lot of our listeners probably don't even know how full-time recruiting works but Talk about some of the differences between full-time recruiting versus summer internship recruiting. Like, is it the same where you go online and submit a bunch of applications and then you know go through this process, or do you have to rely a lot more on networking? Or like, how do you how do you find these opportunities? Yeah, like in theory, they are going to be like
1: certain processes that you can get into through applying online. But like the same as your summer analyst, the chances of getting an interview in those are slim to none. I didn't get a single interview for full time. This uh, this process that I didn't network for. So the networking is essential. And it's tricky because you don't you have to take a balanced approach. You don't want to start networking too early before you start your your summer internship because it gives off a, it might, it might give off the wrong picture that to, to the people you're talking to that you don't even want to work at your bank and you took it because it was the last option you got, right. but at the same time, you got to start early and once you're in your internship, because you have to position yourself and have time to build relationships with those bankers once the time comes. And right. so for me, it was a balancing act between that. And I did feel comfortable reaching out to people, prior to starting, if it was like very warm connections, like introductions from I love night for my school or people that I, that I knew already. And for those cold outreach, then I waited up until I was a bit more into the, the summer internship. So the, the main difference between the two, I would say is definitely that networking portion and when you start and how you get into the, the different processes.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, So how did you manage that? Because like you alluded to, you you were, you, you were already um, interning at a different firm and you're trying to go to this other firm, but you don't want your summer internship firm to find out that you're trying to go to this other firm. Right. So like, when do you even have to like find the time to network with these other firms? Are you doing it? Like I don't know, during lunch break or something? Or like, how do you how do you do
1: that? Yeah, that, that was definitely a tricky part of the summer. And for me, it was easier than like normal because we were, my, my bag was interning. It was all virtual from home. So it's not like you're in the office and you have a one hour call, 30 minutes, and you have to step out continuously throughout the summer. So yeah. in that sense, I feel for the people that have to do this while they're working from the office. But it's exactly that. Like, finding 30 minutes, like, 30 minutes, even 15 minutes of your time. Most of my conversations lasted 20 minutes. That's, like, barely, like, that's not even a lot of time that it it might be suspicious from your firm, but it's definitely a challenge and something to consider. So a good thing might be, like, Uh, scheduling a lot of the calls in the weekend that could help. Mm -hmm. But to me, I I didn't find like it awkward to make them to during the day as I was interning from home.
0: Right. Right. In in a sense, COVID actually made things a bit easier. It's like the silver lining because you're working remotely. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I definitely have to agree with that.
0: Yeah. So like, You started networking, what? Like maybe halfway through your internship, I assume, right? Like probably not. Uh,
1: A bit earlier, a bit earlier. So I did connect with people prior to starting that I had like a very warm connection with. And once I was in my second, third week, I started the outreach to more warm connections and to cold connections as well. And something that I think was key for me is that, I knew I wanted to move to a better bank. So I discarded all the other banks that were at a similar level than mine. And so that focused my efforts a lot more in the networking portion. So I only targeted certain EBs and certain bulge bracket. And so that made it much easier for me in terms of outreach, because you can lose a lot of time in the beginning, reaching out to bankers if you don't have a strategy going into it. Cause like, you could just spend hours looking at LinkedIn profiles and not sending a message. And like, you definitely don't want to do that once you're doing a, a full-time internship.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So how many banks would you say were like kind of on your target list?
1: 10, 10 banks.
0: Okay. So that's pretty targeted. So you had 10 banks, a mix of bold bracket and Lee boutique banks. Right. Um, and then like, how many people would you say you had to reach out to, during your full-time networking process? I would say
1: between the 50 to 100 range.
0: Okay. So basically about five to 10 bankers per bank on average.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so.
0: Okay. And like ultimately... Did doing all of that network and look again you're reaching out to 50 100 people over like what like a six to eight week period it sounds like right because basically it's during your summer internship right um did that pay off like what like how many interviews were you able to get from doing that amount of networking in the end
1: yeah so i was a bit lucky because i knew that I wasn't going to get 10 at bats like last summer. It's it's going to be limited, the amount of interviews you get. So a lot of my focus wasn't preparing for the interviews. Like I knew that the first interviews, first second, first three interviews that I had, those were three at bats. I could not waste. So in my second interview, I was able to get the offer. And so I put a lot more focus on, knowing that if I got that interview, I had to get the offer. So a lot of my effort was put into that. But even if that didn't happen, I expect I would have gotten like four, maybe five processes. So about half of the banks I was targeting. Got
0: it. Um, And four or five processes, that's just based on how networking was going for you at the time, like you probably had certain bankers at other firms that you had connected with really well who you were pretty certain was going to refer you and help you get an interview. You just never had the chance to actually go through their interviews because you got this offer so quickly.
1: Exactly, and because, remember, banks have different needs at different times. Mm -hmm. Some banks know even before the internship class ends that they're going to hire full-time But some of them don't decide until, like, mid-August or even early September. It just so happened that one of the banks that I really liked was able to extend me an offer, like, the day before I ended my internship.
0: Mm. Okay. They extend you an offer the day before you end your internship. That means you had to interview them before your internship even ended
1: That That is correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Got it. Which, again, probably was easier because you were working remotely and not in the office, I guess.
1: Absolutely. I guess. Absolutely.
0: Got it. Okay. So, like, what was the final outcome for you then? Like, I know you got an offer you were really happy with and decided to accept on, like, the very, I guess it was, like, your second second interview, basically. But, like, mm-hmm. what type of offer was it?
1: I got a elite boutique bank. Uh, pretty recognized on the street. They have... Capital racing, Abilities, M&A, and and they are really strong in the industry I like. So yeah. I definitely cannot complain with
0: it. Okay, got it. So, I mean, going from like a top 50 middle market bank to, I would say, this elite boutique probably, you know, top 10, top 15, I would mm-hmm. say probably a fair place to peg them. That's, yeah. that's kind of the outcome you were looking for you're coming to this program right like absolutely like if you had gotten this if you had gotten a summer internship offer from this bank the very first time around then you probably just wouldn't have recruited again i'm guessing
1: i would have focused more this summer on just securing a return with them
0: yep got it okay so it sounds like you're pretty happy with the outcome um like do you have any advice for people who are listening right now, who maybe are in a similar situation as you, maybe they just went through junior summer internship recruiting, maybe they didn't get an offer or maybe they did get an offer, but it's not at like, you know, a bank that they're completely satisfied with and they're not ready to give up. They know they want to go through full-time recruiting again. Like, is there any advice you want to give to someone like that, where you say, hey, You know, back when I was first going through this process, if I had known this or if someone had told me this, Mm -hmm. it would have made my life so much easier. Like, do you have anything like that that you can share with people?
1: Yeah, of course. I would say that, look, if you're committed and you really want to move up to a better bank, i definitely recommend the program. Like, you just landed, if you you landed a summer spot at another place, like, you're probably going to get paid well, get a good signing bonus, like, I did it because I knew I wanted to get to a better place. And if you feel that either you're lacking on the behavioral part or even the technicals, if that's your case, like having a program like this is definitely going to get you where you need to be. But like at the same time, like you can have all the tools and you are the one that has to put in the work in order to to get to where you are. So if if you're like me starting back then and you knew right away you wanted to get to a better place and you were 100% committed to it, then for sure, like it's going to definitely increase your odds of getting a better offer. And, and that's how I viewed it and, and how it turned out for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, essentially you're making an investment in your future and obviously there's no guarantee that every investment you make is going to be a winner or make you lots of money or whatever. But ultimately it just comes down to you assessing the risk and the reward and deciding whether the potential rewards far outweigh the risks. Right. And if it does, then that's a favorable risk reward profile. And that's typically the type of investment you want to make. Right. Yeah.
1: Got it. To me it made sense, you know, financially and professionally, like even, Without the outcome that I wanted, I, I learned a lot from the course and, and through the members in the Slack channel. Uh, you know, I solidified my technicals, you know, answering people's questions and just, like, knowing how to interview. Like, you're going to have to sell yourself throughout the rest of your life. And, like, having a program like this that just tells you what works and what doesn't definitely goes makes a makes a good investment for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, actually, one, th- one more thing I do want to ask you, uh, which is kind of unique to you, is that because uh, I've done so many of these client interviews and a lot of people talk about the community inside of Wall Street Mastermind and just how everyone's like really helpful with each other. Right. Um, I actually found and I told you this already um, the other day, but I actually found that you were one of the most helpful students in the group to the other students meaning like a lot of times i would see other students ask questions like they don't understand like a certain technical concept or you know they're researching an industry trend or maybe like i've even seen you do stuff like uh someone's like hey um can someone pull a list of deals that xyz (laughs) bank has worked on and then you'll go run like a cap iq pool for them um what Uh, First of all, love to see that, right? Like that's honestly one of my favorite aspects of what we've built here is like just this awesome community where people are not like super cutthroat with each other. And they're, even though you guys are technically competing for jobs with each other, but you guys are always helping each other out. And in some instances, like going out of your way to help each other out, right? Like what, what do you think it is that made you want to do stuff like that? Because I feel like you're one of the best examples of that but like what made you want to be so helpful and always answer other people's questions. Like a lot of times you ask questions and I found like before I even have a chance to get to it and answer it, like, Oh, Jason's already answered it. So we're all good. <laughs> like, like, what made you want to do that?
1: Look, I would love to say that I'm just a great guy and that I like helping people. But at the end of the day, the, to me, the best way to learn is to teach others and to, you know, explain, what do you know to other people and try to simplify it. And I found that doing that through the Slack channel and just like some other stuff, like pulling deals, like you said, and and talking about the industry that you're interested in, it ends up coming back to you in some way or the other, either directly because you're reinforcing what do you know. But at the same time, I asked for things in the the Slack channel and received the same kind of treatment. So it's just having that community that, at the end of the day, you are competing against them, but having those, those data at your disposal, that people are willing to share what, what the, the, the answer, the questions that they got from an interview with you, yeah. I found a lot of value. And if you do good, good shall come back to you. So that's just the way I saw it.
0: No, I absolutely agree with you. I, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, people call it karma, I guess, but it's like, what goes around comes around. Right. And, when you're being so helpful to people all the time like let's be honest like there are a lot of students in wall street mastermind but some people are more recognizable or more well known in the community than other people and really what it comes down to is just like how much do you give back to the community and i i can guarantee you a lot of our students inside of wall street mastermind recognize your name because they see it all the time because you're mm-hmm. always teaching them stuff right and, and i absolutely agree with the other point you made too which is one of the best ways to learn is to teach other people because mm-hmm. rather than what a lot of people do is like, they try to like memorize 400 questions. Like what are the answers to these questions? And then they hope that they get asked those exact questions and then they can, you know, just regurgitate the answers. But in reality, that's not going to happen in a real interview. You're not going to get the exact questions that you memorized. Right. But yeah. how, you know, you've truly internalized these concepts and how you know you're now at the place where you don't care what questions they ask you, you're going to be able to answer it no matter what is if you're able to teach that concept to other people, if you can teach it to your brother, who's in sixth grade, if you can explain this concept to someone who doesn't understand it, yeah. that means, you know, it inside out. Right. And so it's a good test for yourself too. I think that's really, really smart what you did there.
1: Especially uh, for full-time, you know, when they're not going to answer their, they're not going to ask you the typical cookie cutter, you know, technicals like, the technicals for full-time and are significantly harder. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, taking the time to answer as many questions as possible definitely helped me throughout the process.
0: The questions are harder and there are fewer jobs, right? It's like, again, probably 80 90% at most of the banks, 89% of the full-time offers have already been given to their returning summer interns. And so, usually, whatever group it is that you're interviewing for, you're fighting for the last one or two yeah
1: right? And on top of that competition, the banks want to hire people that are technically very good because they didn't get the chance to train you throughout the summer. And they want people for full-time that can already hit the ground running. So at least in the, for the elite boutiques, like that, that was a big thing in the interviews.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Awesome. Well, look, guys, Uh, if you're still listening to this, you know, maybe you're in a similar situation where you are trying to recruit for a full-time offer. Maybe you have um, a summer internship already lined up, or maybe you recruited for a summer internship, but you couldn't even get one, but you're not ready to give up on investment banking yet, or, you know, you just want to end up at a better bank. Once you graduated, then, you know, I encourage you to reach out to us Um, schedule a free strategy session. It's completely free. There's no obligations. What we do on these calls is we'll ask you some questions, learn more about your situation, understand what your goals are, and also understand what challenges you're currently having what it is that you feel like you need help with, right? And based on what you tell us, if we can help you, we'll absolutely um, talk to you about what that might look like. But if we can't help you, um, you know, we'll still just at a minimum give you some advice on what we think we would do for you, right? So um, if that's something that you're interested in uh, feel free to book a free trial session at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply It's mastermind.com slash apply. And, uh, we look forward to talking to you. All right. So with that said, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today about your experience and, uh, obviously super happy for you that you were able to, um, end up at like such a good bank for full-time. And I think, um, we're just really excited for you. And like I said, you were one of our best students and um, best contributors <laughs> inside the Wolfpack. So we're really grateful to you. And we're, we really love having you. And, you know, obviously you're always part of the family. So I'm sure you won't be a stranger going forward. And uh, we look forward to seeing all the success that you continue to have, man.
1: No problem, and Thank you for having me and good luck to all those listeners.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that'll be it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll be back with more of these for you guys in the near future. All right. Talk soon. Bye.